Hello and welcome to the Thursday Sports Babble podcast. Uh, just myself and Johnny. Hello, Johnny. Hello, Philip. Um, decent enough week so far of European football and for yourself, the big one's about to come in what, 45 minutes? <laughs> yep. Arsenal are at home in Napoli tonight, aren't they? And then away yeah, home next tonight. week. Away next week. So The team's been announced and Lacazette, Aubameyang and Ozil up front. Yeah. Happy enough? Yeah, definitely. That's what I wanted on Sunday, but sure. Don't always get your way. Well, we've already talked about Sunday. We'll not yeah. do that to you again. Yeah, I'll we'll not do that again. We'll talk about <clears throat> the Europa League and then Arsenal v Napoli before towards the end of the show to get Johnny's predictions in and see how nervous he's feeling. I actually can't wait for this game, folks, because... As a neutral, it actually feels more like a Champions League quarterfinal and the Europa League quarterfinal, and that's the beauty of the Europa League when you get to this stage, is that there's still some pretty big teams left in it that can have cracking games. And Liverpool aren't involved, so it's a game. And Man City aren't involved, and it's a game I don't have to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> and I can just sit down and eat my curry and enjoy it. Uh, but the per- the Champions League action for this week has been over. Um, I don't think anyone will be too disappointed. I think all the ties are still up for grabs Liverpool are turning up against Porto but we're going to the Drag Isle um, on Wednesday night and that's not going to be easy it's going to be a hostile atmosphere and especially they score first mm-hmm. um, could be a nightmare for Liverpool um, Man City obviously were away to Tottenham Tottenham had a brilliant win for them a boost for them especially when they're getting, picking up two injuries one to Harry Kane which we'll chat about um, and uh, Deli Ali broke his hands so we can't play Fortnite anymore um, so he's probably devastated uh, Ajax seem to be the best team to watch in the Champions League and it almost feels like if you don't watch them and you miss out on it you're a bit annoyed like that's how I felt last night because I wanted to watch Manchester United be Barcelona because of this Manchester United and Lionel Messi and it felt like the bigger game for us yeah. to watch uh, over here but um, Ajax seem to be brilliant again and I'm raging that's where I missed that game Yeah, drawing one all they can't seem to get a win against these big teams in the Champions League at home but when they go away they stun them so it'll be interesting to see how they get on Turin and then of course Manchester United uh, played Barcelona could beat 1-0 it wasn't a great game from either no, side definitely uh, Messi got a broken nose for his troubles can imagine Chris Smalling's going to pay for that at the Camp Nou with a couple of nutmegs and a free kick Um and United didn't get a single shot on target. And we'll probably start there because it's the most fresh in people's memories. Um, a lot of talk today has been as well about the non-appearance of Paul Pogba. Why did they not play him last night? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. You think they'll play their you best You think they'll play their best midfielder <laughs> in such a big game. Scott McTominay outshone him. Yeah, best player in the pitch for Man United. And I think all Man United fans would definitely agree. He was fantastic. I was like, and again, he was brilliant against um, Wolves last week as well for them. So, and that's only his second start in Champions League. He's had yeah. Two starts in Champions League. One against PSG. This PSG that everybody away, away exactly. That everybody yeah. seems to be fearful of. And Barcelona, yeah. the current favourites for the Champions League with Lionel Messi, who's been in great form this season. Um, but Scott McTominay outshone Paul Pogba, and I, I bang the Paul Pogba drum because I think he's fantastic. So At times he is absolutely unplayable. <clears throat> And there's a potential in there for him to be unplayable for years and just dominate games. And he's won the World Cup, obviously, whatever, people can throw that at you. But in, in big games for Manchester United, he doesn't seem to turn up. No. I can think of two. Manchester City away last year. Yeah. Man City could have won the title that they already had. <clears throat> and Chelsea this year in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. I think... 
if you look at who he was playing in midfield with last night compared to who he's played in midfield with in those games, he had Maddich and Herrera, whereas last night he had Fred. Dallow and McTominay. Yeah. Part like Scott McTominay played brilliant, take nothing away from that, but you know, it they probably don't give him he doesn't have the same sort of role when McTominay and the likes of Fred play. He has Maddich behind him. And even Herrera, Herrera is a workhorse, like he chases down and gets wins so many tackles back, wins the ball back Man United. I think that's maybe something that has affected Pogba just the last couple of games. Because that's that's really when his forms dip, when Manage and Herrera have been the team and United fans have been destroying him. Before um Pogba this is nothing to do this is nothing to do with it, but before Solskjaer got the job permanently, Pogba had something like uh, nine goals and um I think it was six or seven assists. In and so many amount of games, it was quite quite a high number, mm-hmm. <coughs> and so many uh, chances created, a really high number of chances created. I should have wrote that down, folks, but I didn't. And <laughs> and since Solskjaer's got the job permanently, he's had uh, one goal, two assists, and six or seven chances created in what four or five games. And since Solskjaer got the job as well, he's won one game and lost. I think it's four now. Yeah, we beat him. So, Wolves beat him. Barca beat him. Did he lose another one in the league? I think. No, I think they beat uh, Watford, well, didn't PSG, they? PSG, but he wasn't, he wasn't. I don't know, actually. Yeah, it's, I, think it's all, I, think, I think they've lost maybe. They've lost three now, drew one. and Sorry, they've lost three, drew one, and won one. Or they lost four, drew one. Whatever it is, it's not an ideal record. And that can't be the reason my Paul Pogba has completely dropped off. I think what you just said there is perfect that he hasn't had Malich and Herrera beside him, who just. He knows, fine, rightly. They're gonna do the dirty, dirty yeah. stuff. They're gonna do the, the defensive work. He doesn't need to worry about that. He's got no Herrera next year now. That's true. He's off PSG. It's been, been officially confirmed. It hasn't been officially confirmed, but enough people have sort of said. I suppose it. it's it's like the Iron Ramsey thing. We we know what's happening. Yeah, it's like yeah. Emery Chan all last season. Yeah. We knew what was going on. Like and then it got to this point, and oh, sure enough, he's gone off to Juventus. Yeah. Um, and it is really strange though, like because Pogba shouldn't. He's that good. He shouldn't have to have those two there. From this performance to completely drop off the cliff like they did last night, mm-hmm. I, I I would love a Manchester United fan to come on to the podcast and let us know what his feelings are. I know not enough of them. That I was getting my haircut last night, and United fan he would sell told me he would sell him. He would let let go of him, get him not let go of him, but get him to Real Madrid, and he would potentially take Rafael Varane. Now that's obviously you know anyone in the world would probably do that right now because Varane's so good, but like there's such a gem in there for United that. I just I think if they were to let go of him, they'd go a bit backwards. I don't know how they replace him in midfield, and they don't have anyone coming through in midfield. Apart from McTominay, really. But he's uh, not gonna. He's, he's not gonna he's, win no, a World Cup. He's not a Paul Pogba, no. But uh, first of all, I don't think Zidane will let Varane go. Mm. For a start, he's French, so yeah, different. Maybe beforehand when Zidane wasn't there, but no. Uh, I think before I've said I think Mamad if Manuel had let Paul Pogba go, you know, he can be the best midfielder in the world if he wants to be but he just needs the players around him obviously Herrera's going so they're going to need to replace Herrera in the summer don't know about Manish whether he's his contract's up at the end of the year or how long he's got left but can we call him could he can he really be the greatest the best midfielder we're not calling him greatest or the best midfielder in the world if he needs like you look at uh, Paddy Vera Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard, right? Maybe not so much Vieira because when he left Arsenal, Arsenal was still doing okay. And he had a decent enough team around. But he was absolutely ridiculous, Paddy Vieira. Mm-hmm. 
But Gerard had a spell at Liverpool where it was just Steven Gerrard and he had to make everyone else tick around him. Lampard's had a spell at Chelsea where Chelsea were going through a bit where it was like they weren't playing great and he was always the key man, always stepping up to it. Mm-hmm. And Pog was not like, you wouldn't have got yeah. a performance like that. Those three, I know Pog was still a little bit younger than them and um, whatever, but those three would not have produced on a regular basis that level of performance that Paul Popman produced last night in big games. Do, yeah. you, do you know what I mean by that? Well, yeah, of course. I think if you look at Lampard's time at Chelsea, the majority of it was with great players. Stevie D, you know, he basically inspired that 2005 Champions League win. I think, did he get the first goal? Yeah, he so, got the whole campaign. It was all about him. Yeah, so he carried Liverpool that year to that title. Paddy Vieira, like you said, he had Manuel Petit at times, he had Gilberto, which is very underrated, I think, Gilberto in his time in Arsenal, but he still... Podcast. Yeah, he um, he still took games by the scruff of the neck, like you said. I don't know what it is with Paul Pogba. <laughs> it's just... He does, you can see, he has, he has the talents to be even better than Vieira. He's, he seems like he's a... He could be a better version of Vieira. He's the same kind of stature, you know, same style... He could take on as many players. He could run back and win the ball back. So it just seems very strange that, like you said, when Herrera manager are in the team, he struggles. But it should be the other way around. It should be, but I don't know. Like, <clears throat> is it is it maybe because I heard a Man United fan this morning saying that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer went real negative since he got the job permanently. He started being more defensive, but it's before he was just attack, attack, attack. Because he maybe he didn't know at the time. Who knows that he was only here for six months. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to try and win as many games as possible by just attacking, doing the money and everything. Personally, I haven't really watched an awful lot of money edits since Solskjaer permanently got the job, so I'm not really sure whether or not he has went back to a whole defensive mode. Last night's probably the first time I've seen them live since they've been Ole took the, the job. Really poor um, since he's took over. Yeah, and like last night, I get it that it's a decent enough result, only a big one nil. Because um, the tie is still wide open. You score the first goal away, you've got the way goal, it's level yeah, there. Yeah, it's like them in Paris. <clears throat> exactly. But no shots on target at home. They've only scored, I think they've only scored once at home this year in the Champions League, and that was a Fellaini deflected shot against Young Boys. Young, young Boys, boys yeah. 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 So they are beat by, beat by uh, Juventus and they drew with Valencia and didn't score. Not ideal. And I, I don't know how a team could. Put that, I could eat my words. You could potentially win the European Cup Champions League with having that kind of form at home. It, it's mad. Isn't it though, when you really think about that, Man United have only won one Champions League game at home and they're in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And they played PSG in the last and round. And beat Juventus away. Yeah. And Paris Saint-Germain now. It's, it's very weird. It is weird. It, it could be that it's written for them to win it this year. You sort of look at it and think, like you look at Liverpool in 2005 and I don't, still don't know how we won that but we did it Crazy just happened like, like Arsenal in 2006 that team was nowhere near as good as the teams that won the league before that but these were a refereeing decision and um, was it Samuel Eto away from and Henrik Larsson away from it yeah I, I still I'm still to this day convinced Eto was offside <clears> for the equalising goal that, that Arsenal team that was the best defensive team in the Champions League that year mm. against Barcelona who were the best attacking team that year so I think I think the, the same before the game was something's going to give and even with Arsenal down to 10 men it's an after 20 minutes yeah 
So well, that was and the goalkeeper too down. Gut wrenching. Yeah. Don't even want to relive it. Well, sure. we could that could be a podcast where we relive our worst games. That would be interesting for people. Um, yeah, so Manchester lost the game. A strange game as well from Barcelona. They weren't really. They sort of just coasted through it. They had a bit of a spell where Manchester United did apply a bit of pressure, as in they were pressing very hard, crunched in the tackles, and different things. It sort of seemed to unsettle Barcelona. But I thought when Barcelona made the changes. And brought Vidal on. Who for five Sigma. minutes he came on, just decided to kick everything inside Old Trafford, and then he calmed down. Yeah, it was almost like Valverde was like, "Will you go on here and just wreck a few boys?" Yeah, sort of on the or set the tempo, put them off the game, and then we'll settle into it. And then Sergio Roberto had a bit of an influence. I think he should have scored when he went through on goals. Good mm. tackle by Shaw. Barcelona looked a lot more comfortable. I think at the camp now. Well, they're missing Luke Shaw for the second. <clears throat> yeah, they are, yeah. and I think I think Barcelona. Will win a little bit comfortably at but, the camp now, but yeah, I, I follow a few <coughs> Barca pages on Twitter and a few actual Spanish journalists, and they think, strangely enough, that Jura Pique is having his best year in a Barcelona shirt. Yeah, he's had some brilliant games like yeah. um, against Atletico Madrid, he was superb against Real Madrid and the Copa del Rey, he was superb. I think he's maturing like a fine wine. There was a moment last night where he kind of showed how good he was when. Him, I think, sorry, Rashford took the ball out in the wing. Is this in the first half? Yeah, and he yeah, knocked yeah. it past it and Pique was like, try me. Yeah. And comfortably. And if that's Virgil van Dijk, and I'm talking as a Liverpool fan here, that's in the news, all in the papers today. Yeah. Look what van Dijk did. But it's not about Pique, and it should be. I noticed that as well. That was class. And when Rashford got the ball first, I was like, oh, balls. <laughs> He's <laughs> yeah, in here. Definitely. And I'd say everyone thought that, Barcelona fans included. And then... um PK just was brilliant against him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's that tie. The other t- game was on last night with a brilliant Ajax against yep. a lot of people's other favourites, Juventus. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo doing what he does. Ridiculous goal scorer. Like, See, it that. seems like they got one opportunity and took it because Ajax, from what I've seen and reading the stats, dominated the game. And Ajax could have won it yeah. at the end with Topo and Dusan Tadic. Um, <clears throat> although he lost Ronaldo for the goal, Frankie de Jong had another... Absolutely outstanding. By all accounts, we haven't got the. I hadn't didn't get to watch it. Um, another outstanding game, and this time against Juventus, he, mm-hmm. and it's frightening that he's going to Barcelona. Yeah, because Busquets looked a little bit slow at sometimes last night, and looked like and he at first played he got the yellow card Busquets, and then he he seemed to level himself out, but add Frankie De Jong into that that can sort of feed into Suarez and Messi and Messi would yeah. have to drop so deep Coutinho and Dembele. That's going to be disgusting next yeah. year. Well, the fact Rakitic <clears throat> is rumoured to be leaving Barcelona, they're not going to give him a new deal. I think he has a year left after this season, so I think they're looking to offload him. So you yeah. take him at the Emirates? Yeah, probably would. <laughs> Why not? You probably would take Ivan Rakitic from yeah, the best midfielders. I think you would, yeah, I think yeah. you would. Um, so Ajax and Juventus won all. It's going to be a cracking game yeah. next uh, Tuesday night. Don't know what I'll do. I'll try and do some sort of a split screen to watch both, I think. Laptop and TV. Yeah, that's probably what it's going to have to be like. Um, and then on Tuesday night, um, Liverpool had a 2 0. People were saying a convincing win against Porto. It, it wasn't convincing at all. A 2 0 win against Porto, great result for Liverpool at home. No away goals conceded. Eager Garcia wasn't happy. <clears throat> Eager Garcia wasn't happy, and he had, a, he had a right to be happy with, or unhappy with uh, Mo Salah's tackle. Cause what, that was, what was the other photo we put up? The, the other photo ball. was uh, the handball from Trent, but like. The Danny Rose penalty as well was ridiculous because it's not a penalty, right? <laughs> yeah, this is just getting silly now. <laughs> but if that's a penalty, then why is Trent's not? The only conclusion could be that 
the view Trent to be, which looked did look like to be fair that he was off the pitch and was already out for a corner. So but his Allison, hand was up. Was his it hand, like, hand was up. He, like he didn't move his hand towards the ball. His hand was up. Okay. And Allison goes to palm the ball to try and keep it In from play. going out for a corner. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it hits Trent Alexander on the arm, which like I mean if that had been given, there'd have been full scale. Ryan my and Patty Renshaw's house with me and him. Um <clears throat> that was just silly, like to <clears throat> go to Vars like, no, come on, lads. And then definitely the most Salah one, if you haven't seen it, it's not no malicious in it. He goes to go into the ball and he goes over he loses control of it and he goes over the top of it. There's no real proper force on it, which is probably his only saving grace. But if I was a referee, and especially having looked at it at VAR, like the VAR officials did, he he would have been getting a red card there because it's silly. <laughs> He doesn't get booked. There's a there's a bit of bitching going on between City and Liverpool fans. I don't know if you've seen any of it online about that whole Salah incident. Um, they're saying things like, if that if that was a tackle on Salah, Liverpool fans would be getting petitions signed to freaking get a debate of the government and all this here type of bullshit. Then it's like, yeah, I don't really don't care. It, it's just out there. People have lost their heads because of this tight race between the two sets of fans. I think you're right though with VAR. I don't I don't think VAR is going to last. It just it just it seems. Got it really right last night though, Old Trafford. I think I, I think, think though what they done at Wembley for the FA Cup over they announced throughout the stadium. This is what's happening. VAR decision to check was it a penalty decision? I can't remember something stupid. Uh, referees checking decision check over. You know at least do something like that for fans in the stadium yeah, they because they haven't. Nobody no at Anfield had a clue what was going on. Or even that uh, <clears throat> shite Hart Lane the other night. <laughs> nobody had a clue what was going on apart from ourselves at home. Um, there was a there was a point as well where uh, Porto had a corner and uh, Lovren went up in the air and it hit his arm. Now he had his head down to head the ball and was just his arms as you do were they were lifted because how's he going to get off the ground? Mm-hmm. He's not going to like a torpedo missile just jump straight near <laughs> a pencil jump. You can't do that. And next thing Milner's going to take the throw in. And next thing the play the referee stopped the play and I was like oh we must be bringing on Shakiri or something here. And then um, the commentator goes, no, we're going to VAR. And I was like, what? What are we going to VAR for? Turns out they were checking Lover and handle the ball. Referee's like, don't be so silly, play on. But there was no need for that. And what I noticed as well, and I was talking to Patrick that I was watching the game with, it took the atmosphere completely out of the game. Mm-hmm. And after that one especially, Liverpool were 2-0 up. And there'd been a br- Porto fans were brilliant before that as well. And the game just stopped as, a, as an atmospheric ground. It was just flat really flat and everyone's like oh what's going on here and you're sort of waiting on every time somebody makes a foul it's just going to be barred for a red card Some, I am on board with it because it does help get decisions right a lot of the time like I don't, I don't think that penalty for Danny Rose should have happened and I think Mo Salah certainly should have got yellow carded I don't, I don't want to ask Liverpool player send off but he should have been reprimanded mm-hmm. and then the Trent one and whatever going over it they get it right Suarez goal last night or Shaw's own goal they got right but there is still a little big teething issues and you're right, if it's not on a, on a screen and nobody knows on the ground, then like it's going to cause issues. Like and People might say, so what, it's only atmosphere, but it's not so what, it's only atmosphere. That but That's what makes these ties. Absolutely. Um, you talked about White Hart Lane, the new White Hart Lane. Uh, Spurs have had two games at it and two big results, two yeah. big wins. Son Hung Ming, Spurs player of the year. If he's not, they're an absolute joke. If 18 goals this season. Um, no harm to him but yeah he's definitely been their best player and he stepped up when Yap has been out injured so and like when they played us recently I don't know why he wasn't starting I don't know 
He's absolutely superb, son. He is, like, he, like, I have to admit, there's two players from Tottenham that I can just respect as footballers. One of them is Son, the other one's Christian Eriksen. Mm. Uh, the rest of them can go do one. That, um, that is not my views. <laughs> and looking, we talked about their ground last week. And yes, it's impressive, but I don't know why. It's just because I support Arsenal. I like red, I like bright colours. I just don't like the seating. I just don't like that. It just makes it look really dull. Tottenham fans probably feel different. They're obviously over the moon about it, and fair enough. But I just don't really like that at all. Uh, moving past the stadium issues, because it's, it's not really a football ground, let's be honest. Uh, Harry Kane. There's, there's a couple of things I want to address with Harry Kane. Is Chocolate Ankle, is that one of them? <clears throat> well, maybe, maybe. We'll get there. <laughs> first of all, I don't know if you remember his dive in the first half. It might have been after Bar- or Man City's penalty was given. He went up, I think it was with Otamendi, and he went flying to the floor like he was hit and he wasn't even touched. Yeah. Cheating, again. But yet nothing said about it because he's England again. The incident with Fernandinho where you were quite happy with what he done, but yes, Fernandinho went down on him and at least should have been booked. But Harry Kane swung out on him. But again, it was... Do you mean after they're on the ground? Yeah, when they're on the ground, when Harry Kane pushed him off, he swung back the elbow. He did, but that was in retribution to what? Yeah, absolutely, but I'm saying... I both both, both, them both players it, should have yeah. been punished there. If it was anybody else, it would have been all over the news the next day, but it's Harry Kane. It was not mentioned. It was only Fernandinho. And the third one was when he tried to take out Delph. Now, and he injured himself. He injured himself. So that's what you get wobbly ankles. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Chocolate ankles, like you say. He went in to do him. There's no doubt he went in to do Fabian Delph. There was no need for it because Fabian Delph was facing back towards his own goal. He kicked the ball back towards his own keeper, but Harry Kane still thinks he can fly in and try and injure someone. If that was a Spurs player or Harry Kane himself, the media would be like, that's a disgrace, after disgrace. But now it's all about, oh, Harry Kane may be out for the rest of the season. God, good on you. <laughs> It'll tighten you. Your wobbly ankles will get It was... Uh, Spurs have a... Uh, we've talked about this before. They have this... They lose... They're like teenagers. Brilliant teenagers. Brilliant team. They are a good team. But they lose right. their heads at time. <laughs> Phil says they're a good team. Johnny can't admit it. I totally respect that. Um, <laughs> they lose their heads at time. And Harry Kane is... <clears throat> And when he was coming through and he was going to teams like Leicester and I can't remember who else he went to he was away on loan I think he was at Watford maybe Ipswich maybe he was going through all different loan Berman, spells and he was, a, he was the quiet young English fella and he came through and he started getting all these goals under um, Tim shit coach Sherwood and I was like oh this is Harry Kane the new face of English football he's going to be England captain he's a, he's a role model which he still is I'm not saying he's not but he's the quiet man he leads and he's a family man but there's times where Harry Kane completely loses his head. And Stephen Gerrard was massively guilty of this. I know what it's like when an Eng- your high-profile English player loses his fucking head. And Gerrard would do that the odd... Sorry, Christian. Do that the odd time. And Harry Kane seems to be uh, capable of doing it as well. It's really strange. Well, to defend him, I know I know you're probably... Everyone's shocked here that he I just said that. I almost dropped it. the recording device there. Um, to, to be fair to him, I can understand why he cracked up the other night. Because he got battered and kicked all over that pitch he did to be yeah, fair yeah, he did. so I can understand him getting pissed off but you know that's exactly what I would do if I was playing against him <laughs> honestly I would and it's not just because he plays for Tottenham like, if it's because he wears last yeah if you're playing against a player play. like that that's what you have to do yeah. you have to wind them up look at Smalling last night trying yeah. to break like, um, and McMahon says that that was that was a fair challenge well he's a broken nose Steve <laughs> you dozy scouse yeah Mc, McManaman's uh, he's a bit of a, a bit of a tune sometimes is it right um, 
massive despite, win for Spurs. Though. Yeah, despite the fact, great win for Spurs. Though. Huge win. And I know they're they're going to miss poss- possibly Deli Ali for next week. Harry Kane looks like he's done for the season. I still would fancy Spurs to do something again. I don't know whether it's because I'm hoping that they can do it in the league. I don't know whether that's in my head still that something can happen here and I hope Spurs can beat Man City. But I, I really can see um, Spurs putting Manchester City out. Well, I think because when Kane's out, everybody else steps up, especially Son. Well, BBC did a report on it, didn't they? Or an article on it where I think they've had um, seven games where uh, Kane's been out or something. Um, recently or since 2016 there's so much percentage of games that they've won mm-hmm. without them they have a better record seemingly if you break the games out in a smaller portion with them than without them now Harry Kane's world class no team is better without him that's just fact he he would get on I think he'd get on every team in the world to be honest probably yeah. he's the best number 9 in the world I think in my opinion after Roberto Firmino <laughs> but he is he's the best out and out striker I think in the world on his day he's fantastic so that's that's, that's a bit Tongue in cheek, but they do seem to step up this Spurs team, and they're as I said, they're quite still quite young. When the chips are down, they must have got over that Leicester heartbreak and the Chelsea White Hart Lane or Stamford Bridge game, and they seem to really back themselves. And I would fancy them to put Manchester City out. And part of that as well is Pep in the Champions League since he's left Barcelona. He hasn't won it now in eight years. He hasn't won the away game as a manager uh, since 2011. He was absolutely beside himself after we Liverpool put them out last year and spent most of the summer trying to readdress what can I do different here um, to try and change this because the Monaco shocked. Remember Falcao and Mbappe turned up and turned them over? Yeah. Then Liverpool last year obviously turned them over. Then he went to Barcelona and Real Madrid with Bayern Munich and got done in. I think this eight goals he conceded in both and whatever it was yeah. by both teams so he's obviously stunned by it and it, I honestly have the feeling again it's going to happen again I think he he waited way too long to bring on Sané and what about Bruyne. his team selection I wouldn't start with Mares. It was and I know and they were saying Mares has a very good record against uh, Spurs but uh, player informed players Sané is informed De Bruyne can change a game in an instant and he came on and I thought for the five minutes or so he was on he actually done alright he he created a few chances, like the ball he played in, I think it was the last couple of minutes of the game when they got a free kick, the ball he played in shot. That's shot a free kick from De Bruyne. They should have been somebody on the end of that. Yeah. But there's no doubt he will, he'll play, he'll start De Bruyne in Saturday next week. Um, the penalty, Premier League it wouldn't be a penalty. Unlike they were saying on the continent, you know, in Europe it is a penalty, so it is what it is, I wasn't complaining. Um, good save from Lloris who's had a pretty rough couple of weeks like. yeah like, I think I was thinking about Lloris the other day a lot of people don't understand maybe don't realise that Lloris has a lot of off-field problems you know he's a lot of personal problems you know with drink driving and things so you know rivalries aside you're human beings first of all like and hopefully you can get over that type of stuff like because it's, it's terrible having problems like that so um, for him to step up in those occasions against Aubameyang in the big derby for Spurs and Arsenal like uh, and a big game against Man City in the quarter-final of the Champions League. You know, fair play. Um, I still think City City can turn it around. Oh, they, they can. can. They can. Like. And, and I get what you mean. I think City would need to score three or four goals because I can see Tottenham definitely scoring a goal or two. I, yeah, and there's just something about this Manchester City team in the Champions League. And I don't know if you heard this, but I was listening to the second captain's podcast um, on the way home today, and they were talking about Gundogan's uh, interview after the game. He was 
I think it was Sky Germany he was talking to and he said um, if we want to be a big team we have to start basically we have to start behaving like one and we have to start thinking like one we keep playing these games and we keep coming unstuck and um, if we had of it's our mentality if we had stuck that penalty away we would have ripped he actually said these would have ripped Spurs apart which probably would have happened they would have up yeah and but again we didn't and we fell apart like we did last season and that's come from Gundogan which is absolutely stunning to say it's brilliant to hear footballers say that but there was something in this Man City team or um, be it Pep that they just seem to falter and he just seems to come unstuck now in the Champions League after having such a brilliant time of it and having probably possibly the greatest club side of all time win it yeah. it's really weird and Pep is like he is obviously a very passionate he's seen as the brain and, and the, the genius in world football coaching ways but maybe is he guilty of overthinking things I don't know I think after after next is Wednesday they play Wednesday, yeah, play Wednesday yeah. Yeah, I think next week's podcast we'll be able to review this in more detail because it really depends how that game goes um, like you said I think he's got the most expensive squad ever put together at the minute there's no doubt uh, they should be doing a lot better um, I thought Liverpool blew them away last year unexpectedly I, I thought it was a lot tighter than what it was even that game at the Etihad um, it'll be interesting to see what team he starts with I, I'm actually curious I'm not too sure who they play at the weekend Crystal Palace away Palace away so that'll be a tough game for them so they can't really afford the rest of anybody with the title running but from what I've seen what you seem to hear coming out of Man City you know the Champions League is the be all and end all for them like that's what they want to win you know I think they could probably deal maybe not winning the cha- the Premier League this year. Obviously, if they want to win it, they want to win the quadruple. But the Champions League is the trophy they want. The Champions League is the trophy that is missing from Arsenal's trophy cabinet. That's first. But um, <laughs> you know, and Everton's. And Everton's. Yeah. There's lots of teams having one. <laughs> but Man City, they need they need to win this game. They have to. I know a Man City fan came on the radio was it yesterday I said to you guys about it that he wants Pep out which is just one Man City he fan he is a boogaloo but I think I think what Gundogan says kind of you know doesn't go back to what we said last week you know what I was saying about how Man City aren't a big club they're a rich club they're not a big club so he's right in saying this they, these are the type of games they need to get on past these games These there's always going to be tough games in the knockout round of the Champions League and after this they're going to face either Ajax or Juventus, Cristiano Ronaldo or Frankie de Jong. So it's not going to get any easier. No. So Man City want to go and win the quadruple, but these are the type of games they have to win. They have to keep. They have to win. I'd say in the league, they're going to have to win every game the rest of the season to win the league. Because Liverpool are going to go right on them. If we come, if we're sitting here next Sunday night talking about this and they are out of the Champions League, what that lose their season? And that's and I know people who listen to this probably think Arsenal oh, have been really optimistic, but I'm even thinking about us. If we go out to that to the Champions League next week, it doesn't have as a big an effect on us. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. We're we're right in the title mix, obviously with Manchester City, and could be either ahead of them or behind them this weekend, whatever. But I think if we if we go beat three nil, say next weekend or beat on penalties next next week against Porto, it's obviously hard to take, but um, we'll get over it. I think. But if Man City go out next week, I think it could really derail them for this season. Like it could really be a punch in the chin. Like Liverpool fans really want the Premier League over the Champions League. Well, yeah. at least this year. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it could go, it could go that way. Definitely could, but it could go the opposite way. You know, if Man City been out of the Champions League and say Liverpool progress, which I fully expect Liverpool to do, 
Will Liverpool still have them playing the Champions League? Still you'll have them extra days rest. Will that help them in the league? Who knows? But you're totally right. It could just like Gundogan said, you know, they need to be a big they need to win these games to be a big club. But you you're sitting there and you're like, that's us out again. That again we probably should have won, you know, a tie we should have won. We Another have. season where they're favourites to win it. Yeah, exactly. And they haven't again. Mm. But to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't have said that they were the favourites at the start of the season. Barcelona, great team in Juventus. I think whoever has Messi and Ronaldo are the favourites. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Um, but definitely, if you said like a couple of weeks ago, because they were playing so well, mm-hmm. and they were saying, a couple of journalists have been saying recently, Man City just haven't been at their fluent self over the last week or two. Like against Cardiff, they didn't play it too well. No, Brighton as well, they didn't play too well. I, I just think Man City did not expect Spurs to score the other night. <laughs> Honestly, I just think I just think because they were kind of they were on top in the moment where before Spurs left Spurs goal and it was just a ball up the field which Sean Captain played. Yeah. And then they got a goal. So <laughs> I think it was a bit of a shock and then perhaps like, what the hell? But he left it way too late to bring the Brian oh, really? It was a strange one and yet again Pep's ruin an away performance. And thankfully for him it's the first leg. Yeah. And it's only one nil. And it's only one nil. Um so it's gonna next next week's games are all sitting even the Liverpool Porto game, I'm adamant that's gonna be very tough for Liverpool. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Porto score and if they score first and it's another ding duster for Liverpool in Europe. Um we went to Red Star Belgrade and were beat. Napoli beat us and PSG beat us. So I know we won at Bayern Munich, that's fair enough, but anything can happen in that game. And just want to say just before we move on and finish the podcast this week and we'll get Johnny's views on the match. The awesome match is about to start in fifteen minutes. Jordan Henderson's had a decent week for Liverpool Football Club. So I've heard. Yeah, he's had a very good week. So I've heard. Baby Keith, Naby Keita has come in and he starts scoring goals now. And as Liverpool fans are talking, it sort of feels like um, now his, his, Keita's performances haven't been groundbreaking or earth-shattering since he got back in the team. But it feels like a sliding door moment because Lallana was due to start and due to play against Southampton and then he got injured and then Keita was brought in and then Keita scores his first goal. Scores the first goal again last night. Has a or Tuesday night has a really good game on Tuesday night, and that's, I sort of feel as it feels like we've a new signing. Even though he's been there all season, it feels to come back in and we've added something to midfield, and he could be pivotal going down. It sort sort of feels like Liverpool now have turned the corner again. Mm-hmm. They have a massive game this weekend, which we'll do our weekend word very soon, and it'll be up tomorrow on. Ooh. Humongous game, but if they can get over that, we are flying. Well. The great man, Arsene Wenger, used to always say that it takes a player six months to adapt to the Premier League. So maybe what it was, it just take quite a bit of time to adapt. Yeah. You know, it's part of the best league in the world. Ah, well, that's what so, people say. Yes. Before we go here, Johnny, and we wrap it up, um, another brilliant Tuesday, or Thursday podcast. We're obviously biased. Mental Italians there. There's those Napoli fans. Uh, they are mental. They are um, mental. Good luck in their way, leg. By the way, if you're going to it, anyone. Um, how do you feel about tonight? Kick off in what? 11 minutes um, I I'm not going to make you do a prediction it's not for I'll do one but I'll let you go on I, th- I think we can win tonight's game Arsenal are very good at home it's whether we keep clean sheet or not that's the final thing for going into this game next week because not they're so good they're such a great team this is this is the Champions League game let's be honest Man City and Spurs should have been in Europa League game in all accounts <laughs> because that's they're, they're not the same level of clubs let's be honest Uh <laughs> <laughs> there, there's Phil saying there he goes again but it's the truth <sighs> Napoli are so good 
and it's kind of a very tough for like Arsenal's defence is not great but we have Shagartes and Koscielny uh, starting the night so that's positive for Arsenal uh, Bamiang, Lagzat and Ozil up front so you expect, Ars- you expect Arsenal to get chances I, do you remember watching Fabian two years ago at Shamrock Park mm-hmm. when he was at Real Betis mm-hmm. and he was brilliant at Real Betis and they still love him and now he's one of Napoli's key players and been yeah. one of their best players this season he's laying out against your team now yeah. at the Emirates um, I'm going to make a prediction because I think it's okay I'm a neutral I think Arsenal will win this 3-1 it would be nice it would be nice to take that <coughs> over to Napoli because you know if we get the away goal it kind of hopefully kills the game the tie off sorry but it's kind of tough you know I'm, it's one of them game or them ties where if we go out I can say fair enough we've been beaten by a very good team but it really depends in what manner Arsenal go out Arsenal's front three are the most deadly in the in Premier League at the minute in 2019 yeah. and, and chances converted and it's crazy to think when you have teams like Liverpool and Man City who've been blowing teams away a majority of the season that they are but we, we have that quality it, it really is our defence which lets us down I would have started Berlin on the night thinking about it because he is our best goalkeeper Jack is on the way out he's returned I must admit I didn't realise Berlin wasn't starting uh, I read the team sheet and read it as Leno was starting to yeah. that's how bad my eyesight is yeah it's, it's, it's <laughs> just because we got so used to him playing but it's such a big game you can't really no. and Wenger done this nonsense too with cup games playing in big games you know your your second string keeper it'll come back to bite us I think because Leno's so key to playing the ball out from the back and Czech's not comfortable you can see over the last two seasons he's not comfortable doing that so that could be a big worry I'm going to change my prediction I still think Arsenal will concede one goal mm-hmm. um, but I don't think they'll score three um, I didn't. I honestly did not I read that team sheet as in Leno was starting that's how daft this is and we just do this podcast we write stuff down we don't try and edit or anything well we do edit it but we let things go in because we like it to be natural mm-hmm. and I absolutely stunned the Czech starting <clears throat> yeah I yeah I think I think Arsenal will still, I think they'll win it 2-1 I don't think they might win it 3-1 but I think it's going to be that's really that's a mad decision it is um, mad and especially when your goalkeeper like Ederson with and Allison with both their teams Leno is key to the way we play um, I just think it's stupid stupid not playing Leno in it well we'll see what happens it's about to start here um, folks thanks for listening as always um, when you see the podcast on social media please make sure you share it and check us out at the Sports Babble on SoundCloud or your podcast apps I use Podcast Addict because I have a Huawei phone and it's brilliant for all your podcasts and it's pretty cool when you click on it and you see us <clears throat> um, the weekend word will be up tomorrow as well myself and Johnny are going to record it very quickly soon uh, Johnny thanks for coming on love it Thursday's podcast definitely the best show we do isn't it it is it is definitely it sorry Brent uh, right folks see you again on Sunday night and good luck <laughs>